Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. It's my pleasure this morning to kick us off in a new series called Drawing Near. Uh, and hopefully uh, you've got the message that available on our website. Uh, you can go there uh, and access or download our prayer guide. For 21 days, we want to be praying together in unity as a church. Uh, and perhaps you've chosen a fasting option. If you're able to, we'd love you uh, to fast sometime over the next couple of weeks, uh, whether it's a food fast or a soul fast whatever it is, and it's been great to chat to a few different people uh, and to hear what they are already doing and the fasts that are underway, which is awesome. It's really exciting. You know, the Bible's pretty clear that we are called to pray and to fast. And if we're not deliberate about it, uh, then it's easy to go through years at a time without ever fasting. So we love to kind of lock this in in February at the start of each year to just pull our focus and our alignment to Jesus. It's a wonderful thing to do, so I'll encourage you in that. And you know, also, uh, at the start of the year, it's a pretty normal time, isn't it, to reflect, maybe reflect on the past year, uh, reflect on the year that lies before you, and to think, you know, what do I want to change? What do I want to improve on? If I could change something about my life, what would it be? And that is a really uh, healthy and helpful thing to do. And I think we shouldn't just leave it for January and February. Uh, reflecting on our life and our priorities should be something that we actually do all year at some pretty regular intervals. So I've been doing that too, reflecting, thinking, what do I want for 2023 in my life? and then beyond this year. And I would sum up um, my resolution this way, is that I want to focus more on my sanctification. I want to focus on my sanctification. And when I speak of sanctification, that is that ongoing process of the Holy Spirit working in me, that day by day I might become more like Christ. That is the process of sanctification. It's a big word, but all it means is focusing on letting Jesus and the Holy Spirit change me, work on my life, work on my heart, that I would be a little bit more like Christ, shine his light to those around me a little bit more. So can I encourage you, have a think if you haven't already about the direction you want your 2023 to go? What is your sole priority? What is the most important thing for you this year? And I am aware there's a little bit of a danger here of talking of New Year's resolutions uh, and something spiritual. Because often when we think about a New Year's resolution, it's pretty much like we willpower our way through it. I'm going to not eat any more junk food this year. We grit our teeth. We can do it. My willpower. But when it's like a spiritual aspect of our life, it's not willpower. I could never, through my willpower, become more like Jesus. I can tell you now I will fail if I'm relying 
on my willpower. That's not what it's about at all. It is not about willpower. It is about the Holy Spirit moving in my life. That is what I'm completely reliant on you. On. On. (laughs) Yes, completely reliant on the Holy Spirit. I cannot do it myself. So I would uh, encourage you with the same thing. When you think about your resolutions, allow room for the Holy Spirit to be the one to help you with those things. Don't try to complete in the flesh what was begun in the Spirit. Don't get caught up in the good works, in the willpower, in the grin and bear it and get through. That's not what we're about. We need the Holy Spirit. So, man, you know, so often I think in life for me, I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I hear him calling, give me some more time, give me some focus. And it's so easy in the busyness of life to just think, yeah, yeah, I'll get there. I'll just do the dishes first. I'll just go mow the lawn. I've really got to do that. And then I'll get back to you, Holy Spirit. But we need the Holy Spirit. We need um, to put things into our life that will allow us to have more of him and less of us. One day at a time. That's what we need. Not to kind of hear the pull of the Holy Spirit, but to actually give ourselves over to him. To make sure there's time in our life to actually follow through on what we feel the Holy Spirit is pulling us towards. So that is sanctification. And as much as it is um, a work of the Holy Spirit, utterly, completely, um, once God saves us and He's justified us, He calls us to this process of sanctification. And he does actually ask us to apply ourselves in righteousness. And he empowers us to do certain things. He blesses our efforts. It's not something where we can completely throw our hands up in the air and say, all right, it's just you, Holy Spirit. I'll keep living my way. It's not quite how it works. And so our part, I think... Here's the secret. It largely depends on us planning. Planning time in our life for the Holy Spirit. So this sermon this morning is loosely based around Hebrews 2 verse 1. And it's a a pretty practical uh, sermon this morning. I hope that's all right. Hebrews 2 verse 1, it says, Therefore, we must pay, pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Lest we drift away from it. So I'm going to zero in for a minute on the word drift here. Uh, And when I think of drifting, uh, I thought of some analogies or some stories uh, from my own life about driving. So bear with me. Uh, I remember when I first got my restricted 
driver's license. It was a long time ago. Uh, I was 17 and I was pretty excited, right? When you get your restricted, you can drive alone by yourself for freedom, independence. It's a beautiful thing. And I used to drive over uh, to my sweetheart, high school sweetheart's house. Uh, it's now my husband, now my husband. Uh, drive over there at 17, have dinner, then leave at like quarter to 10, right? You've got to be home at 10 p.m. on your restricted. So be sure to leave at quarter to 10, drive on home. And I remember this one night, it was dark, obviously, quarter to 10, heavy rain, not quite compared to what we've had lately, heavy rain, it was dark. And there's this point on my way home from his house, it was a steep street and it had a bit of a tight curve to it. And I was overconfident. I was not paying close enough attention to the conditions I wasn't really focused on the road ahead of me and what was coming. And I was going way too fast on that curve, did not brake nearly early enough. And as I was turning, hitting the brake, of course, on a wet road, completely spun out, smashed into a parked car on the side of the road. Thankfully, the road was otherwise empty uh, no one was injured, just a slightly sore neck, my pride injured. Uh, the car was a complete write-off, but thank God I was fine. But I learned a very important lesson that day, and I'm very thankful to be able to say that was my one and only crash uh, on my restricted. Never crashed with my full license. Thank you very much. Put that on the record. Uh, but I learned uh, a lesson the hard way that day, right, of the need to pay careful attention to where you are going, what is before you, what are the conditions around me, what is required of me to do this successfully. Staying on the road takes deliberate care and attention, focus, not daydreaming about your high school sweetheart on the way home. <laughs> Gross. Um, also, as you're driving, here's another thing that happens to me, thinking about drifting. Sometimes you're driving along, especially those long drives, those straight roads, and then before you know it, the dug, 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 you've hit those little bumps on the side of the road. Uh, and I had to look up what they were called. I had no idea what they were. Uh, a rumble strip, apparently, is what it's called. Or, as people on the internet like to call them, wake-up bumps. They are your wake-up bumps. And that is precisely what they're there for. Yeah. They're on the edge. Because as soon as you start to drift, it's wake-up. Hey, focus. Pay attention to this road. Stop drifting. It is so easy. In fact, it takes no attention to start drifting. It takes no effort. We just naturally start to drift unless we're paying deliberate attention to the road ahead of us. So, those wake-up bumps. It's a very fitting name. Drifting a little off course when you aren't paying attention uh, is so easy to do. And you know, Jesus described the path of discipleship as being a narrow road. A narrow road. You know, the narrower the road, 
the easier it is to drift off course, just a little bit to the left, just a little bit to the right. Before you know it, you've drifted. It's all too easy to do. Walking down a narrow path requires close attention. It requires planning. That is what I would like to get across to you this morning, the importance of planning so that we stay on our narrow path. Now, to inspire you, I have a few quotes, thank you, internet, uh, about planning. They may or may not inspire you, let's be honest. Uh, Failing to plan means planning to fail. That's a goodie, right? Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. It takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. Thank you, Eleanor Roosevelt. here's, Here's a goodie. If you don't know where you are going, you'll end up someplace else. There you go. Thank you, Yogi Berra. I had never heard of him. Uh, A baseball player from the New York Yankees. Apparently, lots of things he said are famous. You learn something every day. So, almost all of the time, failing to plan uh, doesn't bring about good outcomes for our life. If we put as much time and energy into planning our days as we put into wishing our life was better, we'd be much better off. Instead of wishing things were different, make a plan of attack, a plan of action. If we do not focus on where we want to be going, we will end up someplace else. Typically, failing to plan means failing to pray. Typically, Failing to plan means failing to read the Bible. Typically, failing to plan means failing to get to church. I would say that none of us just drifted in here unintentionally this morning. At some point in time along the way, you planned to be here this morning, and here you are. Failing to plan means that we kind of swerve in and out of these good, foundational, important practices. It can mean swerving off the course completely without them. And the busier life gets, the more I think we need to plan. And I don't know about your family or your household, uh, but the Burgess family and household takes a lot of planning to make it function correctly. Uh, And I need to be really intentional about what things are of primary importance to me. If I'm not intentional, thoughtful, careful, my life can very easily get filled up uh, by less important things, things that are not that important. I have to deliberately uh, carve out and put into my calendar the things that are important or they get lost. I need to plan to actually spend quality time with my kids. I need to plan to spend some quality time each day with my husband, not just talking about where are you going? Who's picking up the kids? I need to make a plan to see my friends. They don't tend to just drift over to my house. I need to plan to eat well. I need to plan ahead to get enough sleep each night. I know in my head these things are important and I have a desire in my heart to do them. But if I don't plan them, they generally 
don't happen or they don't work out as I wish they would. It's so easy to drift through each day, to drift through a week, to drift through a year and not have been intentional about what is most important. So I want to emphasise that this morning. Plan how prayer and meditation on God's word are going to fit into your life in 2023. They are the most important things. The most important things. And if you're anything like me, without a plan, uh, these absolutely kind of crucial, the cornerstones of the Christian faith, these disciplines, they will just get constantly put off if we haven't actually planned for them. They can easily be neglected to our own detriment. And I am convinced it is absolutely essential if we want to have a spiritual life, we have to pray. We have to be reading his word daily. We need it. Without it, we drift. Without it, there's no hope of sanctification. That is what I need in my life, prayer and reading the word. How else am I going to make time for the Holy Spirit? to move, to change me. And the difference that a devotion to prayer and the Word makes to me as a Christian, as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, in every area of my life, it is enormous. I need prayer. I need the Word to help me to be my best in all of those areas. I always feel so much better off after time, reading the word, praying. It is them, it is those disciplines that make the space for the Holy Spirit to transform me. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. They breathe life into me. They calm my soul, they strengthen me, gives me wisdom, patience. It's just It's endless, right? What time in the Word and prayer will do for you. They sanctify us. I don't know why it's so easy to neglect them. The enemy will try and distract you with everything else aside from those things because he knows they're foundational to our faith, to our sanctification. Yet sometimes it is the last thing on our list of things to do. When was the last time on your to-do list for the day it had prayer? Read the Bible. It's usually everything else, right? We've got to make a change. You know, and conversely, I, I feel the negative effects. When I neglect those things in my day, I'm frazzled all day, I'm impatient, I'm selfish, I'm tired. Honestly, like I feel the difference if I've started the day with the word or not. Perhaps more convincing than my cheesy quotes about planning will be some scripture. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us 
a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. Now, what I love about that scripture is the call to action. Paul clearly says that the gift of God is in Timothy. He had the spirit within him. And in the previous verse, he mentions Timothy's sincere faith. He's got all of that going for him. You'd think, ah, just cruise, man. Just drift through life. You've got the spirit. No, that's right. Paul implores Timothy, man, you've got these things, but don't just let them sit there. Fan them into flame. Fan it into flame. He will not just drift into using his spiritual gifts. None of us will. We don't just drift into accessing God's power in our life. We have to play our part, fan it into flame. God wants us active in our faith of journey and our pursuit of righteousness. It takes our doing our part. In 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 12, Paul also says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Again, such words of action. Pursue righteousness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of They're all verbs, those action words, our part to play. You know, nowhere in those letters to Timothy does Paul say, just sit back, man, just relax more, just see what the day holds. No, that is not what he says. Quite the opposite. Paul knows in order to stay on that narrow path, that narrow path, it takes action, careful planning. It takes our attention. He's encouraging Timothy. Don't just let life pass you by, right? And so I know that for many of us in our head, we know that a devotion to prayer and the Word is essential for us. We know that in our head. We have the desire to do that in our heart. But sometimes it doesn't actually make its way into our daily practice. So that is what I'm encouraging you to do this morning. Make a deliberate plan for 2023. Make a plan of attack to bring these devotions into your daily life or increase them. Whatever you've got going at the moment, seek God and say, what can I do to bring more of your spirit into my day? We will not just drift into spiritual life. And I think, you know, the biggest cause of prayerlessness is just simply a lack of planning. We actually have to plan a time and a place when we will spend time with God, alone, with our Bible, to reflect on the Scriptures. Very practically speaking, make a plan, find a place where you can be alone, where you're not distracted, leave your phone in another room, be alone, lock the door, whatever it takes, 
Book it in every day, every day, because it helps you to build it as a habit, all right? Uh, It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning, but if it can be, I reckon that's great. Henry Ward Beecher once said, the first hour is the rudder of the day. The first hour is the rudder of the day. If you want to stay on that straight and narrow, you've got to line up your first hour to keep you on there. For me, man, as soon as it's 7am, I've got kids up demanding my attention, needing help, still wanting me to butter their bread. You're old enough to do it yourself. They'll, they'll still ask. So if that's just my husband, that's right. Never mind the kids. Oh, man, tell me about it, right? Wife's jobs are never done. Uh, so from seven, man, it is all on in my household. Rushing to get the kids ready for school, trying to get myself ready, trying to get out the door. 9 a.m., work starts. Your mornings are right off. So if I have any hope of booking in some time with God, it has to be before those kids wake up. It has to be. Otherwise, I have learned it just doesn't happen. It has to be early in the morning when everyone else is still asleep. When Steve's out running, that is my time. So whenever you make your time, when you focus on the word and prayer, also make it a time when you're still alert. I think uh, when people sometimes try and read their Bible before bed, you are too exhausted The words just go in one eye and out the other. Uh, It's very difficult. Personally, for me, late doesn't work. The earlier, the better. I'm at my best. But if night works for you, awesome. Lots of people uh, even put it into their calendar as an appointment. It is a meeting. You are meeting with a person, just like any other appointment, right? You'd put it in your calendar. You'd write it down somewhere to make sure it happens to keep you accountable to it. But this is a meeting with the most important person. We don't want to neglect it. We don't want to forget it or miss it. Put it in your calendar. Make it part of your life. I'm going to keep being very practical for a minute and talk about our Bible reading. I suggest that you have some kind of plan for your Bible reading also. Uh, In my opinion, my experience, I prefer to read a book of the Bible from beginning to end. Uh, It gives you context, you understand what is going on in that book. Uh, Right now, Stephen, our discipleship group, we're reading through the Psalms and we're reading through 1st and 2nd Timothy. Just a bite-sized chunk so that we're not speed reading, we have time to think about what we've read pray about it, think how does that impact my life, meditate on it. Having a plan of attack, reading your way through books, uh, I think is much healthier for your spiritual life. It's much more helpful than just kind of opening your book, pointing your finger, uh, reading it. There's no doubt that sometimes God's Spirit works like that and speaks through that random verse. But in terms of actually growing you, growing your understanding and your spiritual life, man, just read through a book at a time. It's an awesome way 
to do it. You can get hold of reading plans. There's heaps online, on the Bible app, whatever you need. Or just pick a book and start reading through it. You don't need any uh, official plan. You can make your own. Make sure that it's achievable. You know, there's nothing uh, kind of more disheartening, I think, than if you get a plan and you've got to read four chapters a day. As soon as you skip a day, well, then you've got to read eight chapters the next day. It's so disheartening and you just think, oh, it's too hard, I give up. You don't really need to read any more than a chapter a day. In fact, even that is heaps. That's a lot to think about and process. Just take a chunk at a time. Don't beat yourself up. If you miss a day, whatever it is, you just get back up. Make sure it's in that calendar and we keep going. Life is busy. Uh, an audio Bible is also a great thing to have. If you've got a long commute, you can listen to the Bible. That's how they've done it for generations. In countries still where there's no um, access to Bibles, man, they hear the Word of God. It's a great way to do your Bible reading. Just listening to the Bible is awesome too. Uh, also, man, just book in sometime this year to have like a bit of a retreat to just leave your work, leave your family, leave everything you know. Just go away with God, with your Bible. You need a retreat sometimes to really freshen up your spiritual life where you can be praying without all the demands of your life calling to you. You've got to book it in. Uh, keeping a journal is also a great tool uh, for your prayer life to, to write down prayers, write down scriptures, write down revelations, what you feel God is speaking to you. Uh, and then it's an awesome thing to be able to look back through and see, hey, God answered that prayer. I was praying about this six months ago and look what God has done. It's so easy to miss sometimes actually what God is doing in our life if there's no record of it. For me, I'm a very forgetful person. Uh, so writing things down to actually see, man, God is faithful, is so encouraging and it helps keep you focused when you're praying too. So that can be a great tool for some people. So can I encourage you in this fresh year that is before us to make a fresh commitment to his word and to prayer? May they be your primary focus that we can do our part to continue our sanctification, to make time, to plan it in, to really show, God, you are my number one priority. You are the reason, the reason that we do everything. And, you know, it will require some sacrifice on your part, some planning. Maybe you need to get up earlier. Maybe you need to go to bed earlier. You might need to... Um, do something less to carve out time for that. Whatever it is we need to do, it's worth it. It's so worth it to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. It is how we pursue righteousness, godliness, love, steadfastness, gentleness. 
This is how we fight the good fight of faith. We need time with him and in his word. We need it. As we close this morning, I'm just going to read you one final scripture. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which cling closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. As you pray, as you read the Bible, keep Jesus at the front of your mind, looking to Him. Consider Him and remember His great love for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is interceding for you. We keep Him at the front of our mind. We remind ourselves He is faithful. He is gracious. He is so loving. That is the God. Man, I'm desperate to spend time with Him. I need Him in my world every day. His grace, His forgiveness, His power, His wisdom. We need Him. Hebrews 2.1 Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it so 2023 let's be deliberate let's plan to stay on that narrow path to seek him to chase our sanctification to pursue righteousness thanks for listening we hope this message has blessed you For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3road.org.